Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. We see Batman beat up those robbers on the rooftop, and he says, you know, tell your friends about me. I'm Batman. And, um... I'm just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vengeance in the night. He, he um... Darkness! No pain. Anyway, I'm sorry. In the way. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> sorry, Matt. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Guys, I don't remember I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but uh today is <clears throat> September 11th um and I'm not going to I'm not going to start the podcast without saying that um I hope that you like all of us remember what happened and uh you know you just you spend time with your loved ones today and uh you know I'm not I'm not going to get too far into it but yeah yep. seems appropriate yep, yep. That's, um, it's a good thing to remember. In other news, and I wanted to save this for the podcast. I swear I didn't forget, but I totally did. Um, yesterday was Matt's birthday, so happy birthday! Matt. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. I didn't wish okay. you happy birthday yesterday. I didn't know. Yeah, it's okay. She, she has an out. <clears throat> anyway, I don't, and uh, <laughs> that's on me. But uh, yeah, so happy birthday, Matt! You, that's the nicest thing I'll say to you for the rest of the year. Um, and welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, here we are, guys. How are you? I hope you um, found this podcast on purpose. If you didn't, whatever, stay, enjoy it. <laughs> uh, we will have a couple announcements for what happened at D twenty three this weekend at the end of the podcast. I'm not going to mention them right now because obviously we're in the middle of the movie. But I do want to let you know that we are going to let you guys know what's coming. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We are here to talk about Batman Returns, which uh, <laughs> became, as I watched this, one of the most screwball hero movies I think I've ever watched. Just because the hero's barely here. <laughs> like, yeah. he's phoning it in almost. Um, yeah. And obviously we brought Matt back because no one knows Batman like Matt, man. Um, I'm so funny. You're, it's hilarious, Scott. You should start a stand-up tour. I should be a dad. Um, yeah. Matt, thank you so much for being here. I, as always, I almost appreciate it. <laughs> Happy to be back. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and Lindsay's here. She showed up like she does every week. I have nothing to say to that. I just am like excited that we're all I'm here. here. I'm yeah. here. <laughs> the thing, it's a real thing that's happening. I am here yeah. for Batman Returns. I am... Uh, I'm right feeling, before your eyes. 
feeling quite mixed about Batman Returns, as we'll discuss. <laughs> I know. I didn't read your notes, and I'm like, I was I, uh, I was watching this movie, and there were a couple times where I was like thinking of you. I was just like, oh, no. Oh, Lindsay's <laughs> so mad. She's so pissed. <laughs> I was like, this is not going to be uh, how I thought this was going to be at all. There were times writing my notes where I was writing down like this is the best Batman movie, right? Like of its age. I'm like, this is a this is a really good one. Like this is awesome. And then I was like, I fucking hate everything about this, and I wish I could burn it to the ground. And like, I, so there's a lot of uh, I'm gonna be very back and forth about this movie and give it a pretty middle of the road rating for me. But uh, hell yeah, and. We did discuss this, which I'll point out when we get down there, but this this came up. Like the things that I hate about this movie came up when we talked about the last Batman movie. And yeah. I just wanted to say ding dong, I was fucking correct about that. And I yeah, you were Silverstone. Yeah, <laughs> called it, told you. Scott 100%. Was like, it's fine. Catwoman's like a main character, like good female. Th-. I was like, no. No, yeah, she's, she's not. No. And like I'm watching that. this, like I'll we'll, when we get into it anyway, but like um Lindsay was not happy about this. Matt, why don't you tell us about the movie? Yeah, <laughs> we're both kind of wired up right now. So yeah. yeah. A little feisty today. I, I may be spicy today as a forewarning to everyone. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. Good news, everyone. <laughs> Good news, no one. <laughs> Take it away, Matt. So about the movie. So the bat is returned. So the movie's written by Daniel Walters and Sam Hamm. It was directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton in his last for now turn in the bat suit. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, <laughs> Danny DeVito as the Penguin, Christopher Walken as Max Shrek, and Michael Gao or Goo is it Gao or Gao? Gao now then and always is Alfred. So this thing is so star-studded. I did almost forget about Tim Burton and his sensibilities are just all over the map with this movie. Um, I tried to come up with a plot breakdown for this, but it genuinely is kind of hard to write a plot without it just just making it about Oswald. So for the first time ever in this podcast, you guys, I pulled the plot directly from IMDb. We're off to a solid start. Uh, while Batman deals with a deformed man calling himself the Penguin, wreaking havoc across Gotham with the help of a cruel businessman, a female employee of the latter becomes the Catwoman with her own vendetta. Which I've, I got to tell you, like even reading that from IMDb, that is that does not capture the movie at all. I've I've got it. I've got the plot line. It's, what is it? It's rich white man beats up man with handicap and woman throughout the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? You're right. Does he actually like? I don't remember him actually like fighting Selena though. He does, and then she's and he like kicks her, and she's like, "Oh, oh yeah. no!" And she's, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm a woman!" And he's like, "Yeah, okay." I hated this. All right, you can you can stream this thing, however, on HBO Max. Um, yeah, the first I was time in a while. Stoked about, have, yeah, because yeah. I think we had to rent Batman '89, did we not? No, that's on that's on HBO Max. Not on HBO Max. I was pretty glad when this just popped up. I was like. I'm I'm excited about uh, the litany of films we have coming up that are actually going to be that we don't have to go looking for free is what I was yeah. going to say. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> I'm like subscribe to the Patreon, fund our renting of some of these more obscure movies. Hey, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I pay for these goddamn services. Why am I not finding the movies I want to watch? Yeah, I have why? Every... <laughs> 
Why did I pay for fucking Fern Gully over here? No, um, I did. Let's go to the timeline. To the timeline, indeed. Uh, it is 1992. Uh, for historical context, Jeffrey Dahmer was sent to jail. Prince Charles and Princess Diana announced that they were separating. Sad. Oh, I pee the queen, by the way. Just. Oh, yeah. Up. Sorry. I, I should have mentioned that kind uh, of earlier. Kind of on it. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. the queen. Rip the queen for yeah. sure. Go. It's definitely the end of an era. There's shows about it. Like, that's how important this is. Oh, it's... I mean, we could we could get way distracted talking about that. I don't plan to do that. No. Um, <laughs> Sister Act was released along with Alien 3 and Lethal Weapon 3. The latter two uh, are horrendous movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they really are. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so, the movie has an 81% uh, tom- tomato meter score, but a 73% audience score. I would have guessed that the... Audience score would have been higher than the tomato meter in this case, but yeah, it's not. It's 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 an odd, it's an odd uh, score actually. But um, as we previously discussed, Silence of the Lambs won the Oscar this year. We're gonna do a bunch of movies in '92, so some of the stuff you may have heard. Uh, Murphy Brown and Northern Exposure were the big Emmy winners of the year. But a new fun fact for this week uh, on the Emmy stuff: the networks in '92 to have the most nominations were. NBC with 57, CBS with 33, and ABC with 25. Compare that to the 2021 results for the same networks. NBC had 12, CBS had 8, and ABC had 5. That's so, crazy that it stayed in the same order, too. I, it did. No, yeah, it was wild. Uh, I would have thought ABC would be higher, but yeah, so it's interesting yeah. to see how like the big streamers like um, you know Netflix and HBO and stuff, Amazon, taking over for the... Yeah. The highest number of winners so interesting to see that difference uh we said this last week too but but batman returns is the top grossing movie of 92 for its initial domestic box office run aladdin eventually will make more money than this now interestingly i think we have been offhandedly dismissing our in the park section when it comes to dc and i think we are remiss to do so so I think we are, yeah. yeah i backed this truck up just a touch um, because we should not dismiss this quite so quickly. But the Batman does exist in the Six Flags parks. So Batman the Ride is an inverted roller coaster. So it's one of the ones where your feet dangle. Um, and it's found at seven different Six Flags parks, like duplicates of this ride, including Six Flags New England. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. There are sequels to this movie. Um, this is the third Batman movie that we've reviewed because we did the Batman that came out this year. Um, the second Batman movie in the timeline, the last movie for now with Michael Keaton, uh, and the last of the Burton films. That's going to get Lindsay's yay. Yay! Huzzah! No yeah. more Tim. I can't wait to see. I, I'm excited for Batman uh, forever. That's the next one, right? Yes, oh. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Matt has the same exact fucking reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Take us to the movie. Let's talk about the bat. To the movie, indeed.
Yeah, so I said it earlier. <laughs> and uh, Lindsay, obviously, because Lindsay and I are always on the same wavelength, except when we're not. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Batman is honest to God, barely in this. Like, he's in this when the plot for one of the villains needs to have him in it, I feel. Right? Like, mm-hmm. we only needed to, the only reason we showed him patrolling the streets was so we could see what, what Penguin was doing in the the hall of records stuff like that. Like we, we could have just shown him doing that, but they, we had, they had to be like, by the way, you guys, Batman, this is a Batman movie. You know that (laughs) Batman's here still. He's just, I mean, Matt, what do you think about it? Like you have stronger feelings on Batman than I do. Like, how'd you feel about him in this movie? (laughs) Yes. I have very strong feelings about Batman. Um, so he's, so when he's in the movie, they did a good job of of separating Bruce Wayne from Batman. I felt like there was a good blend of each version of the of the same character, you know, the each side of each coin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh as I'm as as I, I point out in our notes, um, you know, it's it's not Batman Batman is once again trumped by his own villains. It's it's a villain movie, it's not a Batman movie. Yeah. But that's that's the problem with Batman is that his his villains are so good and so compelling that Batman tends to get lost because everyone wants to see what the Joker's up to or see how twisted the Penguin is or this or that. And often Batman becomes a passenger to his own movie. I can see that, especially in like a Dark Knight. Yep. Dark right? Knight. Yeah. Do you feel like this is more or less about Batman than Batman 89? Um, it definitely is because we're kind of getting, you know, in in Batman nineteen eighty nine, you know, we're the one of the first scenes is we see Batman beat up those robbers on the rooftop, and he says, you know, tell your friends about me, I'm Batman, and um, I'm just uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> vengeance in the night. He, Let's um, go, vengeance. Darkness, and- no pain. Anyway, I'm Something sorry. in the way. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. Oh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um. So, I mean, there's a couple things that I do like about this version of Batman. Um. I do like. So, I'm a. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of like the costume design because we. The last time, you know, in 89, we saw the the dramatic transformation from the 66 Batman, where he was in, you know, Heather Gray and Baby Blue spandex, whereas now he's got this cool, black, beefy, tech-looking armor. And the armor, once again, it was tweaked just very slightly. The the armor designs are slightly more squared off, and the bat symbol is also, also a little bit more refined. Where it's not so like it looks like someone took chunks out of it, yeah. But, but um, we still see Batman going around killing people, which I think is still he totally does. He blows up a Joker with um with a bomb, and we we also get the infamous Batman meme from this one. Yeah, where, where he's, he's gasping. Like, yeah, so we get that <laughs> one, which is also great because I saw it and went, "Ha!" Huh? I was like Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, "Oh yeah, the one from time in Hollywood." <laughs> But you know he's still more of a brawler. He's kind. Of, he's got no real. And this is, I think, just he's a victim of the '90s. Um, he's got no fighting style. He's just kind of. I'm gonna. He's like a boxer more. 
more like. He's more like Adam West. Um, but he's still out there in the streets killing people, which I still think is funny when people are like Batman doesn't kill people. I'm like, oh, come on, we've seen this before. It's not it's nothing new. What I think is really funny about this is like in the beginning of the movie, we watch him literally flamethrower someone, which yep. is one of the most irritating parts of this movie to me. Like, bro, get out of the way. Like, are your legs painted on? What's happening here? Why are you not moving? Anyway, um, he flamethrowers this dude. Dude's totally dead. He beats the shit out of a bunch of guys in the street. They're totally dead. But the world flips out when he inadvertently is somehow related to the Snow Queen dying. That's yeah. where everybody, like, loses their shit. Well, it's because she's a damsel. She Well, you know, okay. Well, I don't, I don't get like why that was the one part I was really confused about. I don't get why everybody thought it was Batman. I don't either. He was the first person they saw. That doesn't even make sense. They would know by now. It was just easy. It was like they weren't. The plot of this movie was not really anything. Um, I feel like all of these. It was just sort of. I don't know. The character stuff happening with the penguin and with Catwoman was way more interesting, even though I hated Catwoman. Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. To be clear, I hated it. Despite that, it was way more interesting than like the plot because they weren't putting any time into it. They didn't give Batman time in this movie. He just sort of like had this like weak little thing that it was like, people are mad at me. And it, it was like barely part of the movie, like compared to. The Dark Knight, for instance, was placed with the same kind of thing where like people are mad at the bat. Right. Like, was his story supposed to be that he found romance? Because we did that already. Yeah, it's it's um, I, I think it's them trying to play into the Bruce Wayne identity where he's just, you know, he's picking up ladies and he's making, you know, he's changing the rules about the pool area and. You know, all those things that we see in other Batman movies, but it just kind of comes off as him just trying to get laid. <laughs> it's it not really, it's not really, does. it's yeah. not, it's not really Bruce Wayne. It's just, it's, it's really disconnected from the mythos of Batman, which is, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like this movie a lot. I don't like it better than 1989, but I feel like this is kind of where we start to see a big, step away from the Batman mythos that we we know. Um and and it kind of also plays into some of the the Schumacher stuff where we see more Batman random Batman branding everywhere, like on the bat symbol on the CD player. Yeah. Uh, where that's <laughs> that's kind of where we start seeing a lot of this unnecessary branding. And it also it it painfully dates the movie because he's using it in a way that we know CDs don't work that way. So I was just like, Oh, it's <laughs> actually pretty true. That's <laughs> yeah, like very true. It, I thought that the like, okay, actually kind because this is where my brain lives right now, kind of similar to some reflections I've been having on Lord of the Rings and no spoilers. There are no spoilers for rings of power. Um, and mostly, matt because of matt but uh who's yeah, because matt? of matt because matt's fucking behind no other than like <laughs> no but for everybody no no spoilers for rings of power however i have been reflecting on some of the campiness and the goofiness of rings of power like i was like kind of mad about some of the stuff with the dwarves and like just being like not everything has to be a fucking caricature of john reese davies why is this happening and then it is if you look back at the originals like that sort of silliness has always been part of the middle earth like pathos and ethos yeah 
whichever one of those is the, is correct to use in this context. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one I didn't use, the other one. The one you didn't say. Yeah. No, I think ethos <laughs> is actually what I meant to mean, but I, um, I don't know. But I think same with Batman a little bit of like, yeah, uh, we can laugh at the Schumacher and like, I love the Schumacher movies, like just no shame. I'd love them. But um, but this was always here, right? Like, the, and, yeah. and even thinking back to like Adam West, like goofy bullshit was always part of Batman, even though like we try to forget about that um, in the newer films. I think it's not even that we try to forget about it. I think it's it's more like, and we do obviously. Um, I mean, but, Nolan's not playing into that, right? Like we move no, away not from at it. All. We've, Batman has moved <clears throat> away from these goofy roots. Yeah, and um, and I mean, even Nolan's movies make fun of these movies, where he's talking about up in The Dark Knight, he's talking about upgrading his armor, and he wants to make it modular so that he can, and then he makes the joke about being able to turn his head. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> so. I do think that there are, I think for the time, especially with Adam West's Batman was not the dark hero that he is today. He, we didn't have stories like, um, nightfall and, uh, the long Halloween yet. So we're coming into this Batman that Tim Burton is like, we can make this like dark and crazy because comically the penguin is not like that. He's not deformed. He's not anything like that. He's just a short businessman. But what I'm saying is this is where I fully agree with Matt. This is kind of where Schumacher was like, what if we made this like complete nonsense every time? So <laughs> like, the, the other thing is this is, this came out in 92, right? So yeah. the big storyline in the comics, I know we're, we're talking comics now, but in the comics, we have just gotten off probably one of the most important Batman storylines of all time, which is the Dark Knight Returns, which was yeah. a super uber serious, grim, gothic personification of an older elder statesman Batman coming out of retirement, being this just massive meat wall of a human being and him just destroying everybody. Yep. So there, there was a lot of, yeah. And then there's, so it's, it's kind of paying homage to that, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's, you know, there's a little campiness. I'll give you that. That's interesting context, actually. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's fresh off the heels of these really important Batman storylines that Burton is kind of pulling from um, along, along with just a lot of stuff that happens. So he's honoring the new version of Batman that we're seeing come to power in the comics. Cause this is also when, you know, just or what was it? Super friends is still getting a lot of, repeat air in the cartoons where yeah. everything's mm-hmm. very scooby-doo like so it's it's a shift in the in the the i guess timeline for batman yeah that's interesting well it's an era shift for him i think you, yeah that's what you call well it. and it's 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 an interesting like the tonal shifts through batman because yeah the campiness has always been there and like burton tones it way down and like i think we remember these movies as being dark and gritty but, yeah. but going back to them, it's like, no, some of that's still here. And then it just gets like amplified again in the Schumacher films. I'm really interested to watch 
Batman Return. Uh, sorry, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Again. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. want to see that one again because it's, oh, it's not good. <laughs> I just I haven't seen it in so like I'm interested from an anthropological standpoint. I want to see where like the tone and stuff because that movie. I really have only seen a handful of times ever. Like I've seen Batman Returns a lot more than that. So I'm I'm curious to get there. But as far as his like arc in this movie. What arc? Well, so I think what they're trying to do, kind of circling back to what we were talking about, about, uh, you know, the plot and like what he's right. trying to accomplish here. It's kind <laughs> what of what we're doing here. The, the thing we were talking about. It's kind of an interesting take on what I think we see in a lot of superhero second movies. Right. Which this is like the initial sequel in something right. that's go- that is is and is designed to be a longer run uh think about like spider-man 2 like they usually lose their powers and have some kind of existential crisis or or they have some kind of backlash against them or the playing field is even actually now that i'm thinking about it that's pretty spot on right like spider-man 2 he loses his powers uh the dark knight like another batman sequel example Right is where everybody turns on him. So from that plot point of people turning on him and stuff, I think that's pretty standard for some of these superhero second movies where it's like we're a hero and we do great things, but like now things have gone wrong and we now we're struggling to be a hero. Yeah. And now people think badly of us, or I've lost my powers, or I'm sure there's other examples of this. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in X two. Oh, there's plenty. I got two for you right now. Iron uh, Iron Man two. Yeah. Iron, Iron Man three. Well, yeah, and Iron Man 3. Two, he literally tells the Senate that there's no way anybody could have this technology. Then he goes to the fucking race, and boom, there's a random dude that looks borderline homeless. Yeah, they're struggling in their role of hero, right? Now they have it established, and they struggle with it. And that's what these second movies do, I think, to to boil it down to its, like, membranes. I think that's the base of it, right? And it's a good... It's a good... uh, formula obviously it works right right so i think that's what this is trying to do it just does it like badly but i did like his like the bat stuff i was pretty satisfied with um we always like to talk about bat stuff when we do these right like so i liked the bat signal that was sick that was a cool way to for for batman's like first scene in the movie like it was a little corny i wouldn't want to see it today you could never, yeah, you could not do that today. No, but I liked it. I liked it. Like, I was like, okay, it's 1992. Fuck yeah, let's go, Batman. Like, if that was, <laughs> you know, I probably would have been stoked about that in the theater. I I do have, like, a lot of logistical questions about the Batmobile. Um, <laughs> what's the giant, like, thing that drops out of the Batmobile that has to weigh a billion pounds that the Batmobile then turns on to, like, do a quick turnaround? Was that the stupidest thing you've ever seen or what? My only thought is that that's in there so that he can work under the car. Yeah. Why wouldn't you raise it? Exactly. Like, that's what I'm so saying. Like I work on the car when they have a problem later, him and Alfred are like, so what do we do now? The yeah. Batmobile's fucked. Like, like who works on the Batmobile? They don't have that established. No, like, they don't. I thought that there was, it was really stupid that they didn't have like a engaged shopping cart wheel button instead. Where like most of the time the wheels yeah. would operate like regular wheels, but you like the new Range Rover. Yeah, like the cars that park themselves, the wheels turn. Like, why can't it be like a grocery store cart that would flip around on a dime, right? Like, carts can do that. Why can't the Batmobile? That's actually a really good question. I don't, I, unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you, but 
it was so he- like the car would be so like I know enough about cars to know that that's not like that kind of weight would be problematic on. Oh yeah, the car would have like fallen the apart. The car, the car would have fallen in half. Like yeah, with like, the, the weight like that in the middle. No way. It doesn't so, make any sense. There, there are a little bit of continuity errors with that too, because it's this giant platform that drops underneath the Batmobile. But later in the movie, when the Penguin puts the the little transmitter on it, he somehow punches a hole through the bottom of the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. And then he yanks the transmitter out where it just happens to be. I was like, okay, let's... Okay. How did the Penguin make that? All right, we're going to talk about how the Penguin did anything. But, I, yeah, I just, like... The Batmobile was weird, and the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life is when it, it transforms into the bat bobsled. Oh, instead of the motorcycle? Yeah. Why doesn't it? If I was like, dope, all the edges are going to fall off this and become something cool. That's awesome. Be a motorcycle. And it's it's the bat bobsled that goes between the buildings. That was the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my natural life. <laughs> no, just wait till Is it forever when he drives up the building? Oh, and it turns into a Hot Wheel commercial? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. it's Batman and Robin, actually. I also remember that happening it's, in the Justice it's, League. It's bad in all of the shoe. The Batmobile is so poorly treated in the shoe market. Shoe it market really is. Well, and that's the last thing I was going to say about the Batmobile. This is the last time we get what I honestly think is one of the dopest looking Batmobiles. Oh, yeah. Because absolutely. Batman Forever, it turns into this weird ass, like futuristic fighter jet looking thing well they they hired the guy who did all the designs for aliens to oh to well that adds up the last thing i had on this is that when batman says eat floor the, and throws the guy into the ground oh i know that's the best bad batman line ever right it, 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 it's very much eat my hammer like that was so awesome, is right? dude totally eat my <laughs> eat floor like i and they played it a hundred, like a hundred ten percent serious. I fucking loved that. I laughed out loud at that. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't think that was that That's was what Tim Burton intent. intended. But no, I, that was not really a chance funny. in hell. Eat floor. I was like, yeah, Batman, we're here. Um, speaking of Batman, yeah, somehow in this movie, more than Batman was Bruce Wayne, and we do always kind of talk about them separately more so than we do even like Spider Man, Peter Parker. I think it's just because normally they have enough to do separately. Like when we're talking about Peter Parker and Spider-Man, something that happens to Peter immediately has to become something that happens to Spider-Man. But like, like Mary Jane gets taken or whatever, or he finds out that the Green Goblin knows where he lives or whatever. It's all about everyone knowing his, I feel right. like a lot of people know who he is and that's the problem with Spider-Man and it's like keeping your secret identity, but exactly much the same. But I think, I think what makes Batman really unique, even from other heroes who have a secret identity is that Bruce Wayne fucking matters. Well, that's the, I think that's what I was going to say. That's the biggest part is like, he has a regular life. He literally, he has to be a part of. Well, not just a regular life. He's like a public figure who's like a billionaire. It's, it would be like if Tony Stark kept Iron Man secret, right? That's kind of what they do. That's different, but it's like, no one cares about Peter Parker. Like Peter Parker's nobody. Yeah. Um, That's, that's how he likes it. Yeah, exactly. But like Bruce Wayne, as we discussed a lot in our review of the Batman that all three of us were on. Um, Batman can exert power through his identity as Bruce. Like there's things that he can do better as Bruce than he can do as the Batman. Yeah. We saw in the Batman when he tried to work with uh, the police. Mm, and then it's 
It was uh, Falcone. Falcone. Oh, Falcone, yeah. yeah. Remember, he as Batman, he gets his ass kicked and he has to leave the club. But as Bruce, he just walks in and sits down and talks to Falcone. Yeah. Like, he has power as Bruce that he can um, leverage to actually solve bat problems, right? So, but this version of Bruce is just thirsty. Like, straight Oh, up. he so is. Let's just say it. Although, That's his character. That's his arc. He's on Tinder. Oh, yeah, for real. He's on Batwing. Uh, bat, <laughs> batmatch.com. He's on Tinder. But, uh, yeah, mostly Bruce is just swiping right on everybody right now and yeah. i liked how he does carry through the thread that scott and i called during um our the first one. batman yeah that like he just invites women over with like that he barely knows with the total conf- confidence of a man who's like so rich and famous that he doesn't have to tell anyone his address everybody just knows. oh they yeah they just fucking know they know who he is they know where he lives he's like you want to come over tonight all right i'll see you there like and just and Everybody just knows that they okay, I'm going to Wayne Manor. <laughs> oh yeah, for real. They always have like an overnight bag. Alfred always knows what's up. Alfred's always yeah. Dude, Alfred is such a G. Like he is the ultimate wingman. And there's no so there's no also um I love this compared to the eighty nine one. There's no cross signals where Alfred accidentally gives like shit away because right. Selena wants to leave just as bad just as bad. As Bruce wants her to get out of the house. That scene was really funny with him just like, I'll relay the message. Uh, and it was a cool callback to the first movie. And Bruce rips on on him for yeah. that in the first movie. Oh, who just introduced, uh, you know, what's her name down to the Batcave while I'm yeah. working? <laughs> yeah, you while I'm working. Know, hey, it's, I can't remember her name. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Yeah. Who showed Vicky Vale the Batcave? Um. I really liked them both scrambling to get out of their date. And I love how they discover who each other is like that scene done by like a different, entirely different cast and, and group of creators could have, could have been like really, really top notch. Right. Like they fizzled the, the drama out of that so quickly. And I was really disappointed. I wanted to see them go talk like immediately, like that scene should have continued when she's like, do we have to fight now? Well, yeah, that's so that's what it, I think that's what like made it fall apart for me was Max Shrek is still standing right there. Like mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. Like, why are you dressed like Batman? And she's like, yeah. because he is Batman, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah, I don't, I really that just like that. that took so much of the wind out of the sails for me for that moment. I was like, dude, this is funny. And I love Christopher Walken or whatever. But but I didn't like how it was like they had that moment that was like so good. And then I felt like it just cut incoherently into them being like in costume and fighting. And it was just like, I really liked where that was going and you botched it. But okay. (laughs) That could have been really, really, really cool. Like imagine if that happened in a, like today's, with today's Catwoman. Or you can kind of picture it with, you know, where I would have liked to see a scene like that um, would be with Batfleck. Oh, that would have been dope. It kind of reminds me of his interactions with Wonder Woman. Yeah. When they're at the the ball or whatever, when they're at... uh, The art gallery or whatever. Yeah, that's being hosted by Superman's bad guy, by like the Luther thing. Lex. Yeah, I like it reminds me of that, and I would have very much liked to see Batfleck do this scene. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because this was like only about 37% as cool as it could have been. Yeah, and it's funny because the scene wouldn't work in a modern day movie because Shrek would have been on his phone like, like 
filming it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh Bruce, why is Bruce Wayne dressed up as Batman? Yeah. Someone give me some info, like right the fuck away. Yeah, like, it it would have been more like that scene on the on the bus with Shang Chi, where they take pictures he, of him. He's streaming it, and yeah. he's like, "I know a little bit of karate. I took some karate in first grade, so I'm gonna be raiding this fight." Like that's that's horrible, <laughs> dude. Oh, I'm gonna go back and watch that movie. Funny. Yeah, that movie was really good. There's a lot on Disney Plus that I, I need to go back to. Um, I have rewatched that one, but only once or twice. Shang Chi is so good. Yeah, it was it really is. good. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I mostly liked that stuff, I guess. I we what else? I didn't really have, have a whole yeah. I didn't really have a whole lot to say. Like like we said like a couple of times. Like this really wasn't about him, and like that's fine because like these are really good villains, and like I'm fine with like giving them the spotlight for a good portion of the movie. But there really also was no growth for Batman or Bruce Wayne here because you know you know they don't explicitly say this anywhere but you know that Wayne Enterprises immediately took over Shrek after he died 100% he was like well that's a company i own now like it it really didn't change Bruce's life in any way and we know that unfortunately going forward because Catwoman is never mentioned again Penguin is never mentioned again like none of this none of the stuff that happens in this ever comes back up in Schumacher's well, remember that there's a weird break between this and Schumacher where they get new cast and new directors and it's like Alfred is the through line and like technically uh, Forever is a sequel to this, but I would like, I don't know, man. That's like a toss of the dice. Like that could go either way. Well, so the story is actually continued in the comics. So in August of 2021, they released a limited run called Batman 89, where they actually continued the story beyond of what we saw in the movies, where we saw um, Harvey Dent actually descend into madness and become Two-Face. And Catwoman is actually in those comics where she's actually an ally of, of Batman, but it was only six, um, six books long and they modeled everyone after Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer's, and I'll, I'll, everyone who was in these movies. Okay, so. this is the that's the third time you've done this. I have to ask: is, Are you doing that on purpose? Yeah, it's okay. Good. No, dude, I'm not like I'm not trying to give you shit. I just like I genuinely am like from, I can't let this go. Peel. It's from Key and Peel. No, I know. That's <laughs> just like she dude, does have two Fs in the start of her yeah. last name, does she not? Yeah, she yeah. she does, but yeah. Okay, it's I just. Michelle Pfeiffer's. That's pretty um, cool, though, that they yeah. continued it on. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. That's sick as fuck, well, dude. And you know what that clarified for me immediately is like, because people refer to Batman, the original movie, as Batman 89 all the time. And I always assumed it was just because it's the only movie that's just called Batman. And so yeah. it's kind of ambiguous which one you're talking about, unless you add the 89. But the comic run probably helps solidify that into the sort of zeitgeist, right? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So that is... It's it all kind of comes full circle in the books. Hell yeah! So, um, can we talk about like one of the villains now? Yeah, I would like to point out immediately that the Cobblepots are monsters, and 
My new headcanon is that they are penguin Targaryens. This is my Jesus headcanon. Christ, about the, dude. About I can't the escape pods. these. This is you guys, if you haven't figured this out by now, we are three seasons deep. This this show it exists entirely to broadcast Lindsay's alternative interests to whatever, whatever the subject of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about the like, but we're talking about it a little bit. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I think we should just accept that my life for the next seven weeks will be consumed by Lord of the Rings. Lord of the and Rings Game and Thrones. Game of Thrones and She-Hulk. And that's okay. Mostly Lord of the Rings and Thrones. But I do, uh, there is actually like, I, I say this with, with cause um, because the Targaryens are like they're the they're the dragon people for the uninitiated um in the world of ice and fire game of thrones world and they like not infrequently have these like monstrous half dragon lizard children that are like chimeras and they're like they die immediately but they often have these like weird stillbirths where the baby is like a dragon and in fact it happens to daenerys right in uh uh, the that's what season. happens to Rago, her son in the first season in the yeah. first book is this like dragon chimera monster, right? That, that dies. Um, according to Jorah and Mary Mazdor, who knows, maybe he's alive. I swear he's to not, God, dude. He's not. Um, no, but, <laughs> but it reminds me of that. I'm like, so these, the Cobblepots are like penguin Targaryens and they have this like horrible half sort of penguin child and like, and it's and they're horrible and they keep him in this cage and then they like throw him away and he eats the cat. Like, he eats the cat. That was really weird. And he had the rubber ducky thing hanging over the cage, which was fun foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, but they never really pay off, huh? They just are dead. Like they don't. They just they're dead. Um fun fact for you for those of you who don't know, I kind of if nobody knows this movie, but uh Penguin's dad is played by Paul Rubens, who uh more people would know as Pee Wee Herman. Huh. Yeah. I, I put it in the fun facts. Yep. That's it's that. such a fucking weird ass casting. Originally the guy who who played uh Penguin in the nineteen sixty nine movie or the nineteen sixties show was gonna do it, but due to health issues he didn't come back. But yes, they are horrendous, horrendous people. And there is really no payoff except to give us the <sighs> Except to give us like the motivation for him. But the I'm gonna start with like the good things that I liked about Penguin, I guess. <laughs> his plot is real his like whole plan is actually a pretty decent plan. And it's very yeah. well masked by his intent like his his smoke screen of wanting to find his parents. And then Shrek is like I need to control the the mayor and dude, why don't we make this guy the mayor? And I don't give a shit about him for real, but the, I can make the city care about him. Um, that was cool. And I did think that that was very real. Like that, that is absolutely something that a corrupt and, and like evil businessman would try to do. So that kind of like worked out really well for me. What I didn't like was everything else. <laughs> like, <laughs> He, the, I didn't need the him being deformed thing, but I get why they needed it. I didn't need the him being raised by Carney's thing. And there's, I don't well, know. Okay. It, I need, I need infinitely more information about Yes. That. Please ask your questions. Here I'm we are. So, I'm so confused. So like, 
okay, here are my collect- collective questions and I'm just going to like let you guys explain to me what the fuck is happening. Like before we even talk about his plan and the plot, I need you guys to explain to me the following. Why is he a penguin? Why are there penguins in Gotham? What the fuck is happening? How did he learn English or anything else? And <laughs> is he in, is this like Arctic world that he's in? Is this like a sunken Atlantean theme park? Like, was he raised in the theme park by the Carnies? Who, like, why did they never leave after the destruction of the the Atlantis theme park? I, what is going on? The fuck? So I haven't, I have an answer for you. Please. I'm gonna let I knew Matt you guys would. I was yeah. like, hey, these guys know what what's going on. Just. It's uh, it's the closed zoo, and the penguins. The sewer. It's not the sewer. Just fed into that underwater part of the zoo. Yeah, and he and he that tank or whatever where he like lives in his lair and shit. He just built that up further. That's why there's trash everywhere. Is he realized he could learn everything about the city from the trash? That's where we get the dope ass toxic waste moment. And you find out, like, he went through all of Max Shrek's, like, shredded documents and shit. Um, he absolutely was raised by the Carnies. Um, the penguins are just a byproduct of being in the Arctic part of the zoo. Um, and he probably just, like, took a liking to them. That part's not explained. They just explain that he was raised in a very not friendly world. Um. By so like human the zoo is penguins. closed, but nobody bothered to like. I have that there yeah. wasn't a crazy group of carnies living down there with like an evil monster boss. And think about the penguins. think about the the sentence you just said, and tell me that you think anybody would go looking for that. Well, I mean, I would think I would close down the whole zoo. I wouldn't just be like, Did no one go downstairs. No, fuck it, we're leaving those penguins here. Cool, whatever. Like, what? I don't. I'm. I don't know. They're also like they. You could make the argument that they're toxic mutated penguins because they're fucking massive like even emperor penguins do not get that big like that's ballistically insane (laughs) but like ballistically insane yeah (laughs) you're welcome for that one um so here's my take on it um so i'm gonna go ahead and agree a little bit with Lindsay. i never growing up and even as an adult now i never really understood why underneath gotham is antarctica that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Right? Um, but god damn, does it look fucking cool. It does. It's <laughs> sick as fuck. Um, and and I had some similar thoughts to to Lindsay. Where where do the penguins go during the summer? Do they have like a holiday igloo somewhere else that they go during the spring and the summer? How why are these penguins just left to die <laughs> in the I fucking in, Well, I mean they can, weird penguins can live with some heat as long as they can like Right, like there's penguins in warm places in zoos. As long oh, as they have the, like, oh. I could see them living in the water down there, and it's like they're not exposed to the sun. Every yeah, there are icicles everywhere, which is gross, by the way. That's poop. yeah, that's gross. That's poop gross. Icicles is what we're looking at. But yeah, yeah. It, there's an underground amphitheater that he's kind of turned into his home, and he's doing like you know terrorist stuff where he's going through people's trash, which is what they what they do. Um, and he's kind of, he's, that's how he gets the Batmobile, um, schematics and stuff like that, which I kind of like, I hated that. 
Why would they throw that away? Yeah, I Is that was so that? stupid to me. I yeah, absolutely hated that shit. Why would they throw it away with it completely not torn apart or shredded or anything? I feel like that. I, f- I feel like Bruce Wayne can have his own incinerator at his house, and no one would question it. Well, yeah, um, and like was Alfred just like, no, nah, bro, I don't need that. We'll make another one. Yeah, fuck it. That doesn't um, make any sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like at all. <laughs> <laughs> but. And it also kind of, there was a scene where it was towards the end of the movie where they had a lot of, like, close-ups of him. And I thought, is this where they got the design for Gru from Despicable Me? Because he looks really like Gru from Despicable Me. Yeah, he Oh my does. god, dude. That would be <laughs> fucking hilarious if that's where that came from. That's kind of wild, actually. Like, he really does. It has to be. Right? They, they're way too similar. It has so, to be. Um, so that's kind of my take. Now, this ties into some more of, of the the room of requirement stuff that I, I thought of, but I don't think those are carnies. I think they're leftovers from the Joker. They're they're just Joker goons that he is now like trash from the rest of the city. He is taken in to repurpose for his own uses. That's so interesting. I actually think they're Joker goons. But then who raised Penguin? I um, think he just kind of like, cause he he does a little lot of eavesdropping through the sewer grates. I think he just learned from listening to people, um, and reading all the like learning how to read from all the trash, and like maybe yep. he was just raised by penguins, and that explains why he like is so gross and eats that raw fish. Which, by the way, fully sushi grade. Like I was like, oh yeah, dude, that should look perfect. I too would eat that fish, just not maybe <laughs> in that uh, manner. <laughs> Um, I, exactly. I mean, I might sit down with some nice, you know, wasabi chopsticks. Like, but that looks like a sushi grade salmon. That's for damn sure. Like that made me hungry oh, yeah. for sushi. But also it's like so revolting. And like the way that he's done is so gross. And it doesn't feel like he was raised by like other people. But no. but then there's also this like thing in the lore of him, at least in this, like in the movie canon, where he's like, born evil and eats the cat and has like it's not just that he has flippers like he talks about that later where he's like my parents throw me away because of my flippers and my deformity and i'm like "Mm, honey i think there's a touch more going on there i don't like the cobble pots are monsters no question how the fuck is that your approach but um (laughs) but there was definitely more going on than like you had a physical deformity and you got thrown away like you were murdering things when you were an infant yeah Something's wrong. The the one part that like I don't know why I remembered this before we even got to the scene. It's the part where he first gives him the fish and he gets him to come downstairs or whatever. I don't understand how no one addresses that he straight up gropes this woman to put the pin on her jacket. Like how how is everyone just like, yeah, that's a thing that he just did. Okay, bye. He was really gross there's, with women, right? There's yeah. a lot of like gross stuff from him going on that they just overlooked. I was like, okay, I'm not even that. There's no dis like mode of disbelief I can go into in any point of time. Whereas this guy wasn't wouldn't have been treated like a monster no matter what. Oh yeah, there's there's like, no yeah. shot there's, that Max like, could have pulled no this way. off in real yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely none. And he is. Like, uh, so he is one of the reasons, and I, I am going to, like, hold my my TED Talk on this until we get there. But I but I would I would point out as we go through it that, like, 
I don't think that my beef with this movie and it's it's not just Catwoman's, but the full movie's issue with women and how overt it is. It's in every plot line. We just talked about it a lot with Bruce, even though that was yeah. funny. I mean, I wasn't like offended by it, but it was it was Bruce's plot line was like how to get laid. Right. And it's not not happening with the penguin. Like it's a big part of his personality. His creepy sexual stuff is super overt. This is just the pussy I've been looking for. It's like yeah. shit that like you bleep out in a YouTube video. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it, it was as bad as Game of Thrones season seven. You want a good girl, but you need a bad pussy. Oh yeah. D and like, D, I quit. Why do you suck? Like George, please write the books. But uh, in George, was- we have no trust. It was genuinely staggering, though. Like the the creepy sexual stuff with the penguin was gross, and these issues persist everywhere in this movie. And I simultaneously still like I super like this movie. Like I like these bad guys. I just yeah. but these issues are pervasive, and it's super not cute. But otherwise, I really like the penguin. He's so creepy and gross and i love when he rises out of the pool with like blood dripping out of his mouth and stuff like he's awesome but these issues are everywhere in this movie and it's really upsetting and distracting i think a lot of it is is it's all supposed to be imagery right like we're supposed to understand that that's the real him because like when he goes to the when they're doing the photo shoot of him finally finding his parents and he goes to the graveyard or whatever Like that's him refined, and that's that's the penguin we know. He's in the suit. He's in. He's got the umbrella, stuff like that. the The last thing that I'm gonna say, honestly, is we get no explanation why he's obsessed with umbrellas. We there's like they're a thing in this. I just I don't get it. Like it- he he has the hypnotizing umbrella that he tries to hypnotize Max with. He has the machine gun umbrella. He has the one that shoots off the. Uh, the taser or whatever, like just there's tons of like things that I'm like, why? Well, it reminds me of Hagrid a lot, right? Yeah. Except it's a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, except it's a fucking machine gun. It doesn't like light a fire and say happy birthday. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's a gun. So I will say just to kind of bring some of the more the lore stuff for for Lindsay into this. Hopefully, it'll make the penguin as a character. I'll make a little bit more sense because I know you had some questions about why he's a fucking penguin. I, I, yeah, <laughs> actually, so, that, other than having been raised by them, apparently. Yeah. So Oswald Cobblepot has appeared as a Batman rogue since the 1940s, and he's had several live action appearances, which we've seen some of already. So we've seen him in Batman 66, uh, Batman Returns, obviously, and the show Gotham, as well as the Batman, which we covered. So there's different eras of the DC comics. This one is pulling from what's known as post-crisis, which is the uh, the, fall, the aftermath of a, of a huge um, multi-book, multi-year comic line called Crisis on Infinite Earths, where these different multiverses ended up collapsing in on each other and different versions of the same heroes were fighting and so on and so forth. So the post-crisis version of the Penguin shows that his family is actually one of the cornerstone families of Gotham. So kind of address, why does he have this cool fucking house that's falling apart? Um, but he <laughs> is, like the movie, he's ostracized by his family because he looks like a fucking Penguin. Um, but, um, and, and Shrek kind of comments on this, you know, saying, oh, you two would have been, you know, 
you would have gone to the same boarding schools if he wasn't a fucking lunatic. Um, but uh, <laughs> un- unlike many of Batman's gallery of rogues, he's actually not insane. He's just super evil, um, which is kind of what this what we see in this version of the Penguin. So he's extremely smart. He's business savvy. Um, he he has several criminal enterprises, which we see in the Batman. Um, but he also has some very legitimate businesses as well. The Iceberg so, Lounge. Right. So um, I agree. He His parents are ginormous, fat, smelly turds that are pieces of shit. <laughs> so, yeah. So my girl, Selena Kyle, her life, according to her, sucks. I'll explain at length why I think it doesn't. And she walks into her house and she goes, Hi, honey, I'm home. She goes, oh, I forgot I'm not married. How can anyone be so pathetic? And then she's like, she gets like broken up with by voicemail, which like cuts your losses. Um, And she's like, I guess I should have let him win that racquetball game. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, your worldview sucks. And I like... No, I'm excited for Batman and Robin. Like this is per per our conversation during the Batman Scott. I'm like absolutely not. This oh, is not yeah. what we're all waiting for. I'm like, nope, ain't <laughs> fail. And so, what I really struggled with in the beginning, I was like, does the movie want us to see this as that like her? This is her journey, and she needs to revamp her worldview because she's wrong. Is the movie trying to tell us that she is wrong about? Everything that she just said, like, oh, it's pathetic that I'm not married and I should have stayed with this guy and let him, I should have, like, let this guy walk all over me and, like, had a terrible life so that he would marry me because then that would be better than what I have right now. And, like, does the movie really want us to believe that her life is this terrible? And I think it does. I don't think this is the movie is not trying to frame this as like, look at all the work she has to do on self-love because everything she said isn't true. It's like, no, she's right. Her life does suck. It is trying to tell us that her like single working girl situation is bad. It is trying to tell us that that's bad. And that's what really made me mad, right? Is that like the movie actively has this worldview and it can suck my dick. And I just, she has like, like framed in another way. This could be like the devil wears Prada, right? Like she's oh, like, oh yeah. She's a high-powered assistant job, which is a very coveted position. She lives in her own apartment that is not super terrible in the city. Like she's like works like at the mayor's office, basically, right? Or this important guy or whatever. Like she's she is exposed to people like Bruce Wayne. Like she is like in a high-powered position. She's a family that cares about her, but they live far enough away that she doesn't have to see them. Like she has an active, if not like gratifying dating life. And she is just miserable. And it's like, I hate this. I, they frame it as this like eldritch nightmare and I just don't approve. Like that sounds great. Like that sounds like the life I'm like actively pursuing minus that like not in that field of employment. Right. I'm like, I totally want to live in like a crappy little apartment in the city on my own and like ha- with my three cats. And I just, I, and I took this personally. Yeah. 
Really, I did. I'm like, That's, this is that was the part ridiculous. where I was like, this isn't going to go over well. No, I hate it. I just I and and what I hate the most, I would still hate it if the movie framed it as this is Selena's thing to overcome that she will come like if she'd ended the movie being like, actually, I understand now that my value isn't based on men and. Like, yeah, the guys she works for are assholes. Matt, I saw some of your notes and I am going to let you speak because I agree with some of those comments. But, uh, you know, overall, it's just like this is not the movie doesn't have to frame this as being so bad and it never has any kind of redemption for it. Like the, the movie wants us to understand that that is a shit life for you to have. And that it's better for you to put on a leather suit and, and be choose violent. violence. Yeah. Like that that's the answer. And that you are either you're either like desired by men and married and not working, which is like really actively what this movie is saying. Right. Or you're a crazy fighter, like just insanely man-hating right that's kind of what she turns into like instead of changing her worldview she just becomes this man-hating caricature with no personal growth and it's really frustrating and she like she has a little bit of this like a she's all that kind of trope yeah which i really hate like a lot even though i enjoyed that movie a lot as when i was a kid i just like that trope of like she's happy after the Catwoman transformation because now she has this sexy body. Right. And she never comments on the fact that she's turned into a great fighter as well. She never is like, Oh, this is cool. I have these powers. She just hates men and is happy that she's sexy. And when she and Bruce in their regular person, um, personas are talking on the street and they see the newspapers and Bruce's thing is like, Batman fucks up and kills the ice queen or whatever. Right. He sucks at his job. Right. Mm -hmm. That was his thing. Hers says that she weighs 140 pounds and she is distraught. And it's just like, I hate this. It's all about your body and your sexuality, just like a lot of the rest of this movie. Um, and it's just. I hate it. I really hate it. It doesn't have anything good to say. Whole message of the movie is so toxic. I just hate everything about it. I. We'll stop talking now and let you guys contribute. <laughs> but just rage. I just couldn't say. I just all like. Does that make sense? All of those things. No, like, I get I, it. I and like on that, I hated it. You totally are. And like the thing that kind of like blew my mind was like, I I didn't take it from the like she has no growth part. This was nothing but a downward descent. The way I was looking at it, and the uh -huh. big part about it for me was like. Is this supposed to be like a Harvey Dent situation, but like not done as well? Like, is it just supposed to show that she fell into madness and there's no redemption for her because she she's still like a villain at the end of the movie? She fucking straight up kills Max. Yeah, she's definitely a bad guy, and yeah. she hasn't adjusted her worldview one iota. She still is just like. Yeah, I have worth if I'm sexy and in leather. Well, she was always hot. This is what I don't get. I'm like, you yeah. always were sexy. It's the she's all that thing, right? It's like, oh, she yeah. took off her glasses and now she has worth. Now she's hot. Yeah, and it's just, well, and it's not, it's not even that she's hot. It's like the value thing. Yeah. Right? She yeah. was always this hot. She always looks like this. But now she fits your, con your like gender role conformity better, right? Because she gets in trouble in the beginning for speaking out in the meeting. Yep. And yeah. Like, and the guys she works for are douchebags, but like, it's, it, it's often that with that trope, it's a gender conformity thing. It's not, oh, you're suddenly hot. She was always hot. 
now she's being hot in a way that's acceptable. Right now. Yep. Well, she's it's, and it just is awful. So I'm going to actually stop now. <laughs> um, so it's probably because I'm a guy, which I have a different perspective of, of the movie and that's okay. But, um, I agree. I think Selena has some super, they just were really lazy and I'm not excusing the bad storyline for her, but she's, I'm going to chalk up. She's just, she's just a, a strong female driven character that fell victim to the nineties. So that's, I think it's just really what it is. Um, we hadn't really evolved our point of views to the point where characters should be treated in an acceptable manner. Um, but my kind of take on her was that she's trying to do well. You know, she's got that plucky attitude. Where like, I want to do well and look at me going all, you know, above and beyond. But then I forget the most important shit, which is the notes to the fucking, the presentation. Um, and, you know, she works for a, a real piece of shit um, human being, which doesn't, you know, have any qualms cutting up business partners and pushing her out of a, 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 you know, 50 story building. Dude, I genuinely forgot that that's what happens to her. I knew she like, you know, she like fell or whatever, but I forgot that it, that was the. That the he pushed thing. her. I forgot that too. Yeah. I, I was, cause I literally was like, dude, he's going to like, he's going to pop her. So she, she does have in that way, uh, because this is where my brain lives now. And we, this is why the podcast exists. She does have kind of a lady Stoneheart thing going for her. Oh, doesn't she? <laughs> yes. She's like undead seeking not but revenge. She has a real Lady yeah. Stoneheart thing going. Um, I can't I, escape I, this. I can't, no, I have more to, more on I, it later, I'm sure. I have I, no idea. <laughs> I, right know, you don't, I know head. Matt doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> I suspect many of our listeners have heard of Lady Stoneheart. If you haven't, uh, it's a major book spoiler for Game of Thrones. But, um, but Lady Stoneheart is undead and seeks nothing but revenge and kind of doesn't have any mm. if you if you view selena kyle as being undead then i think it I works st- but barely it, i still hate the beginning i mean like i say oh, my yeah. biggest problem with this is that the movie is telling us that that life is garbage and that selena should hate her life and everything is the worst and but i'll matt i'll let you continue because I, I agree that she's not very good at her job i would argue immediately that neither was Anne hathaway and devil wears prada but go on yeah well so you know it's it's just it's not good story writing it's not writing the it's and it's also not doing the character from the comics any justice so her transformation into Catwoman is just not great um in the comics she was always yeah she was a super smart dedicated crafty self-reliant person who can hold her own against Batman, who is, you know, by all descriptors, the peak of human physical condition. And she can hold her own against him without a problem and eventually almost marries him in the comics. But I digress. So even as a kid, I was very confused because I was like, does she like have cat powers now? Is she a cat zombie? Yeah, is that's the part why... I didn't get because all the cats yeah. are eating her. Yeah. And I yeah, was like, is this, why, is this why I'm allergic to cats? Because if they'll lick me, I'll become the same cat person. But she, she, it's just not the traditional representation of Catwoman. And but the suit is iconic. There's yeah, the no, suit. The suit's it's, cool. 
it's the fucking coolest Catwoman suit ever. Um, but, you know, she does desperately try to find her way in the new part of her life, but it she basically continues like her normal life before she became Catwoman, continues to fail at it except killing Shrek, which also does defies all logic the way oh, she does. Oh, she it. kisses him with a taser <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like why does that kill him? Yeah, I that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um <laughs> but it's it's to kind of pinpoint these drawbacks. It's it's just it's kind of putting it like oh well she's bad at all this because she's a woman and she she picks bad men in her life. Cuz if you think of it that way it it's still it's still really lazy story writing because her boss her love interest which is batman her her villainous cohort which is the penguin they all in some way betray her and it's it's just really really lazy storytelling and i'm gonna chalk it up to her being a victim of the 90s um it was still very misogynist back then and it's lazy story writing and it's knowing that this movie's gonna make a shit ton of money whether or not well, the story is good or not i think that's a big part of it too is they knew like that's how danny devito actually decided to take the role was jack nicholson was literally like dude did you see what happened when i did this like fucking go for it and then they were like tried to pull in i think they tried to pull in the female audience by getting Michelle Pfeiffer to come in and do this. But the story they gave her was horrendous. It was ass. There's no story. Honestly, dude, there's, she exists to bring about the Max Shrek stuff. I feel like that's it. And that shouldn't be how it is. It should be that Max Shrek exists to bring about her. Catwoman always has, and actually funny because Anne Hathaway plays her in the Nolan films and yeah. just talk just so connective tissue. Um, but I, I agree to an extent that, cause I've said this in many of our episodes lately that like, it's the year 1992. No one's trying to hurt you. Right. Like I, like I, I definitely can give a lot of these movies slack for that. And I do think that there was an element of feminism in like early the, in this kind of time period when we were starting to see more overtly like f- what they considered to be like sort of a female lead. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Where they take things really like drum, like they overcorrect, which is cause I don't like the, the man hating aspect of this is one of the things that I hated the most. Right. I'm like that it's it's all still just about men it's never about her it's it's all just and it's and that revenge thing that gives us all a bad look like that's that's like bad feminism but i can understand through a certain lens that i bet you female audiences in 92 were not raging about this but my like i can give you that like I, i definitely think that they were trying to do the right thing here and i think michelle pfeiffer probably didn't feel like they weren't like there's an element of trying to do the right thing however it doesn't hold up. And what I think is really the the reason I take so much umbrage with it in this movie is that it's not isolated to her storyline, as, as I pointed out before. Yeah. This movie, on almost every level, the subplot, like the B-plot of this movie, is is kind of gross sex stuff. Well, right? so... Bruce, Bruce and her aren't gross. They're Bruce, not... Yeah, they're not. It's just heavy-handed. The penguin is gross, and the Bruce stuff is just like... All right, so James this is all Bond-y we know about you thing. is you want to get laid. Yeah, it's fair. It's just the the weird 
kind of gender roles, sexual undertones of this whole movie are what make me take more issue with it just because it's everywhere. And I don't have a problem with the Bruce storyline, to be clear. I don't find that problematic. But I I do think it's interesting that it's pervasive through the whole movie. And then we and then it's so gross with her and with Penguin and it's just like boo. Yeah, that was that was all weird. To do something here and it's just fucked up. Like all this movie's whole view of women is fucked. Well, the thing the the part that like confused me was the hating men thing just kind of like appears because she got pushed out the window. And then she says it to the Snow Queen. She like admonishes the Snow Queen because she's like, you needed a man to save you or whatever. And I'm like, what well, is happening she, like, here? They're try- yeah, the movie is trying. Because here's the thing. It's all about that because that's what her character was about before. And that's what yeah. I took so much issue with was like, it's not as though she came home being like, God, I really have these goals for my career that I wish I could do better. <laughs> and I suck at my job. She comes home and is like, oh, yeah, that's right. No husband. Like, it makes it clear that she's working because she's single. Yeah. That shit like that's the problem, right? It's and like if they had had it be focused on like all that stuff you were saying, Matt, on her job and her job performance, that'd be one thing. But the reason she becomes man hating is because her lack of self worth based on her single status is what created like what made her so unhappy to begin with. It's it was her whole like how she opened her story when we first see her go home. Um She's not thinking about what just happened at work. She's not thinking about what just happened with the Batman. She's just single. And she has like these like sad like advertisements on her voicemail and stuff for like women's stuff to like make you hotter. Like her yeah. whole thing is like it really is about that. It's not about her job. If it was, I would have a lot less issues. But anyway, this it was fucking weird. I don't know. But but somehow this is i still like it better than batman 89 so i'm not saying it was terrible i just this aspect of it was really poorly done yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was watching it like what the fuck (laughs) let's lead into the room of requirement Yeah, this is the section of our show where we put in everything that we kind of didn't know where to put it. So we, so we've put it here. Um, I didn't. I didn't know that we had enough to say on Alfred to give him his own section, and I, I kind of think we've said a lot of it. But I just, I just want to comment that I love Alfred and like. How could you not, dude? Like he's so great every time he shows up. He's. Yep decorating this christmas tree alone on this ladder and he's like a thousand years old and bruce is like watching tv or some shit and he's like doing all the christmas decorating in wayne manor by himself and like bruce is yelling at him because he doesn't understand the soup he's being served like bruce wayne is fucking useless like i think this guy would die on his own oh he so would i didn't cue that uh did you see the meme on tiktok that's everywhere or for it was for a while from the hamilton clip like no the fact that you're alive is a miracle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's Bruce in this movie. Like, I don't think he could take care of himself. But I love Alfred, like, being so delightfully negative about everything as well. Like, he he calls people odious and he rips up the invitation for Shrek's party. For Shrek's party, yeah. He says, might we change the channel for a program with some dignity? Yeah. <laughs> like, what a burn. He's, he's so good, dude. Oh, we also didn't I have a chance it. to say this. I didn't. We Max Shrek. We didn't have a section for Max Shrek, but he is awesome. 
uh, in this, but I complete, dude, I completely forgot when uh, Penguin's men attack the the tree lighting thing that his son basically sacrifices himself to protect his dad, and Max just dips. Yep. He's like, all right, fuck you, kid. Bye. I was watching that like, holy shit, bro. <laughs> like, what Wait, a doesn't he say, ass. take me? Does it down in the penguin pit? He's like, take me. It's me you want, not my son. No, he. Um, so I when they that- start coming up to the stage, his son stands in front of him. And he's like, dad, go get out of here. Like, you know, some of the worst acting you've ever seen. Right. Um, and then Max just like runs away. And then one of the guys, I I can't remember. I have to go back and watch it. But one of the guys just like knocks the son out. And then Max, because Max runs away into the sewers, and that's how Penguin finds him. That's right. Okay. So it's, and then they have that scene where he's like, take me. It's, I'm the one you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, he's in front of a bunch of people. So he's trying to, you know, get that build up the, yeah, the, the, the vibe or whatever. Um, for what seems like the 900th week in a row, we do also have some environmental issues brought up in this movie. Yeah, we did. And I was kind of astounded. Like when Penguin pulled out the toxic sludge um, from the plant. Yeah. Like, and and they're trying to steal power from the city. And it wasn't very overt. Um, but I just think it's interesting to point out because we have been talking about this with Fern Gully. We'll talk about it again in Pocahontas not too long from now. Yeah. Um, that there are a lot of there's more environmental consciousness happening at this time, and we can kind of see it even in the D plots of these movies. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't really have anything else beyond that to say about it. So rumor requirement. Something I'll be kind of keeping my eye out for, though. I think it's interesting that it's happening in like the D plots of these movies. So, yeah, and I think, I think a big part of, or not, not even that. Just like we are in that era, and we said it on Fern Gully, we're in that area, and I'm pretty sure Jurassic Park talks about it too. Right? Yeah, Jurassic Park has a well. It's not. It's Jurassic Park's like ecology in general and nature and but yeah. these kinds of themes and like people being aware of this kind of stuff in general is going to become way more prevalent. So worth pointing out that here it is in Batman randomly, but they didn't really do anything with it, but it is it's like kind of low key there. Right. It's like part of the penguins plan, I, yeah. I guess. I don't know that we really explained the penguins plan in this episode. I don't know that it was clear, but yeah. So let me kind of cover that, I guess. Do we want to, and maybe we would like paste it earlier. In the I'll, episode I'll, no, it's funnier here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Things we forgot to clarify. Yeah, for real. Uh, his plan is basically, he tells everybody he just wants to know where he came from. But the real plan is he wants to kidnap the firstborn of every child in Gotham. And he needs to reveal himself and say that he's, because he's, he pretends like he's looking for himself, right? Yeah. When he's looking through the records. But what he's really doing is finding the records of every firstborn child. And that's why Batman later says, I have a, I have a feeling that he already knows who his parents are. Like, what he's doing right now is a lie. He doesn't need to be there. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely knew, like, the whole time. So the plan was always to go after the kids, and the mayor thing was just, like... That was Max Shrek's idea. He never even was wanted just like, to do that. For the lols. Yeah, that was like, just... That was just, <laughs> that was just, hey, here's an idea, because Max pushing his agenda. Um, he was just doing that for the likes. He just, that was all right. Okay. Yeah, he just did it for the meme. Yeah, that's um, all right. That was just a, a random side plot. Okay. I do think it's interesting 
and we kind of talked about it during Batman 1989. Um, but this is Tim Burton's only sequel. And I did a little bit of research on this and I'm looking at your notes. I don't see you did more than I did. Um, he fucking did not want to do this. He, he was not interested in doing this at all. And like Warner brothers had to like convince him. And I think it's because they gave him like writing uh, credit they gave him more creative control. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up doing like rewriting a lot of the script um, in order to agree to do it, which makes me go ahead and say, Tim Burton, you have some weird sex stuff to work out. Yeah, he does. Like, that's kind of where I'm like, you have some issues, my friend. Him and Helena Bonham Carter probably have the weirdest relationship ever. And I'm sure Johnny Depp is involved. Don't, let's I be don't honest. Even Definitely. Want to know? Like, and Danny Elfman. Um, there, yeah, but Tim Burton clearly, at least as of 1992, had some shit to work out. Um, but in the original script, before it's before Tim Burton got his his grubby little hands on it, apparently. <laughs> This included Catwoman and the Penguin searching for treasure together under Gotham and that Two-Face and Robin were going to be in the movie. And I want this so much more than this like local municipal politics plot that we got. <laughs> like I what the fuck Tim Burton you suck. They should have left that. I would I Are you kidding me? That's actually kind of fucking Burton. hilarious. I didn't know that. Man um, Michelle Pfeiffer held and released a live bird from her mouth. That's insane to me, dude. Yeah, that is that so insane. Good. The it diseases alone, like that, right up your butthole. Yeah, Peter would not be on board with that. Nope. I, I can't imagine that they were. Uh, that sounds fucking awful. It sounds disgusting. It sounds so unhygienic. It sounds painful. I'm sure they washed the bird, but I know. Still, but I'm just I saying, how are you gonna, like, dude? You put the bird in your mouth, right? Now the bird is in a dark enclosed space. Panic immediately sets in. That bird's gonna shit in your mouth. I cannot believe that that shit didn't happen. No pun oh intended, but God. full pun intended. Gross. I that's what I'm saying, dude. Like it. That's bonkers to me. It's disgusting. It is apparently true, however. Yep. Oh, infamously, Danny DeVito stayed in character between takes. Just like Jared yeah. Leto, but he did it better. So, Danny DeVito, he actually said recently in an interview, uh, I think it was for Wired, that he actually wasn't in character until the Penguin prosthetics were fully on. And once they were on, he was full, full-blown Penguin the entire time those prosthetics were on. Uh yeah, this one's interesting. Michelle Pfeiffer did the mannequin scene in one take where she whips the mannequin's head yeah. off. Um, and that she was credited for being better than the stunt performers with the whip. I also heard that she kept the whip. She did. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I got I got to think, yeah, that that for sure there was like a not insignificant group of people who thought that this was done well. Oh me. yeah, I'm sure. Like her, Absolutely. Her as as good representation, I'm sure one once upon a time that was considered to be the case. So that's pretty badass that she did yeah, stunt stuff. That's sick as fuck. I'm pretty sure they all they I I think they pulled a Harry Potter and did each member of the cast got to keep something. And if I remember correctly, I think Danny DeVito took the control device or one of the umbrellas. I would have taken the umbrella. Yeah, I think he took one of the umbrellas. I would have taken the duck boat. I think Michael Keaton took the ripped mask. 
I would like to rise out of my basement in that duck thing. Oh, yeah. That would be sick as fuck, dude. Are you kidding? Like holding the umbrella and like giving orders, holding court. Like oh. that's how I'd want to start house parties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you guys seen I Lindsay? I see that. Da, 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 da. Rise out of the ground. Bro, is that a duck? Shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what when I, if I were to build my own house. I would build a, a duck raise through the middle, and that's what I would have kept. If I was Danny DeVito, that's how I would start every party. I would rise out of my basement in the duck thing. Fucking amazing. Something I forgot to cover earlier, um, go and kind of jump it back to the the comic books and the what, what the original storyline was going to be. Um, for the third unmade Tim Burton movie, which is kind of like where he bowed out of the Superman movie as well. Um, the next movie actually had the plan to have um, we would have introduced Robin, uh, which was cast to be Marlon Wayans. Fun fact. Um, and then we're actually going to get the Riddler, but it was actually going to be played by none other than Mr. 90s himself, Robin Williams, not Jim Carrey, yep. who would later take on the role uh, in the in the widely criticized Joel, Joel Schumacher Batman, uh, <laughs> the widely uh, criticized, widely criticized. Um, but yeah, we would have seen a different version of Robin, and it would not have been a Robin that we would have known before. He had a completely different name, although his first name was going to be Drake, which would have been a nod to the second yeah. uh, or the third Robin, Tim Drake. There's a reason. This was the first film to use Dolby Digital. Yes, it was. That's very, very insane to me because there really isn't a lot of audio, like crazy audio moments, but whatever. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing, because we, Matt was talking about the uh, the suit earlier, um, Batman does not wear boots in this movie. Yep. He wears black Air Jordans and he has basically knee pads or shin guards. Sorry. He has shin guards. Uh, to make it look like he's wearing full boots. But uh, Keaton said that it was very difficult for him to walk around because he couldn't look down. And it was very uncomfortable to be fully in that suit. So they were like, well, why don't we change like one thing? You know, not the turning your head part, but, <laughs> you know, the, let's, like, make let's make your feet more comfortable. All right. Um. So we have some fan feedback this week. Oh, yeah, we do. I love um, fan feedback, by the way. I know I say this every episode, you guys, but we love hearing from you. Yeah, please do send us feedback. Send us stuff to the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, send us emails. And you guys can check out also the new feature on the website, which is request the timeline. So if you guys have anything, if we've missed something. Um, or if you want to make sure that we don't miss something in the future, let us know and you can go ahead and send us a request. And we have one from our listener, Nicole, who says, can you please do 1998 ever after? Hell yeah, we can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think we should <laughs> regardless. Like that yeah. seems like a movie we'll have a lot to say about. So, um, Nicole, we have added ever after from 1998 to the timeline. We had a second request from Nicole saying Maybe for my birthday on May 18th, can you do another of my favorite movies, either Romeo and Juliet from 1996, Titanic from 1997, or Phantom of the Opera from 2004? And you're goddamn right, we will. This is a birthday surprise. Yeah. Um, so we have the temp pad for a reason. We will absolutely do that. So if you guys want to request something, you know, 
that's that's a little out of order. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, do you want to read this? I do actually. Uh, I basically love SW Pants. Um, she's on our Instagram all the time. She gives like great breakdowns after she's listened to an episode. And one of the things that I like that uh, she's been doing is, uh, and I think she just did it with uh, American Tail, was uh, watch the movie and then listen to the podcast, which if you guys want to have a good time, I very strongly recommend that's what you do. <laughs> um, uh, unless you want to just live through the nostalgia of remembering the movie. But um, wrote a bunch of comments in regards to uh, as they were listening. And one of them was um, the animation, which I we talked about greatly, uh, really is great. Um, yes, the cats sound like dragons because they fucking did. Um, they look so evil and racist. I think the sense we get narration from the mice, their fear twists the features of the viewer, which we didn't actually talk about, which I thought was really... I, that's actually a really like good take. We didn't mm-hmm. really like we wouldn't say anything about that. I thought that was really funny. Um, the colors really are fantastic and showed an incredible amount. I thought at the end he was hallucinating hearing his father just because the clouded overlay of the animation. Facial expressions are spot on too, and those depressed faces hurt to look at. They absolutely did. Oh my god. Um before they listened though, um, I loved this movie as a kid, but remembered nothing from it. So I watched it before listening. 1986 was the year I was born. So I was personally happy for being my day and age. LOL. Uh, this has subtitles. This was actually really interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't um, know this. They are not all exact, but I hate how even more 2000s movies show lack of subtitles. I'm not hearing impaired, but I am visual written learner and subtitles often give more context and info than my ears pick up, especially with songs. I'm actually right there with you, um, especially with songs. I should start putting subtitles on. I'm going to be honest. I hate subtitles as an anime fan. I It's really tough for me sometimes, but um this was like my most vindicated moment was this comment right here. <laughs> Fievel is such an annoying four or five-year-old child. Papa, I'm getting my hat. Purposely throws it away. Papa, I'm getting chased by the cats. Papa, birds. I want to pick him up by the scruff. This day, I just like, I can't stand him. I can't. I can't do it. He's hilarious. This was my favorite comment that made me laugh out loud. Uh, oh, man. America is paved with gold and cheese <laughs> and shattered dreams. <laughs> Yeah. Even if it's the land of hope. Yeah, totally. Um, and then SW Pants also mad about the changing names at yep. uh, Ellis Island. Yeah. yeah, super accurate. But yeah, for no other reason than white superiority and Eurocentric dominance. Blar indeed. I agree with this comment. <laughs> uh, Henry Le Pigeon is amazing. Yes. Uh, so I feel like Fievel is shown too often with no hat in sight. And then the next scene has it. Yes. Continuity error. Yeah, very much. It, and wait till you see Five Goes West. Like, can't yep. wait for you to watch the next one. Um, it is great that he actually did land so near his family. Yeah, lucky. His singing voice is grating. Yes. Uh, wait, I know Tiger's voice. Looks it up. Pizza the Hut. And yeah. That's very so, true. From Spaceballs. Yeah. That is very, very true. This is not a movie we covered, which I kind of may put that on Patreon. That's all you, my friend. Yep. I'm not watching Spaceballs. I know. I'd, but I'd, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the uh, SW Pants goes on to say the animation 
with the animatron was not great, but it fits with these scenes and totally teared up at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then we did actually get some more feedback this morning that I wanted to read out quickly. Yeah, go for it. Um, Also from SW Pants. Uh, who's who's clearly kind of like binging and catching up through the pod. So we really enjoy yeah. this. We, we enjoy your feedback as you get through it. Um, <clears throat> what did you want to listen to this time? Comments on The Little Mermaid. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Woo, the 90s. Yes. Extra <laughs> woo for a real musical. Fuck yes. Uh, it is a beautiful movie. I love learning about how different technologies were integrated to develop it. Us too. I hope Kiss the Girl isn't played at kids' parties, but it is a good song. And here's this, this for you, Scott. Be prepared is better than unfortunate Let's souls. Let's fucking go, dude. Yeah. Both are fantastic villain songs. It's easier to parody the former, and The Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. Well, buckle up. Dude, let's go. We are right around the corner. Yeah, Scott agrees with you. I'm kind of like, but Ursula. (laughs) (laughs) So they say the... I get the feeling that Ursula could have been behind Ariel's mom's death, too. She really is awful. And wow, Divine really is Ursula. Absolutely. Oh, I never really internalized that Ariel saves Eric first. I do like the reciprocity of each of them helping each other. Great catch. Yeah, I enjoyed that conversation. Um, and it really, sorry, they say, I really liked hearing all of the text from this, both of your personal ones, as well as the actual social so, social structures around it. Um, and yeah, we were really looking forward to this. It was awesome. I can't wait to to have the live action come out. And I, I would very much like to cover it when it does, even though some of these Disney movies we don't always cover live. I would very yeah. much like to put in that official request. I wanted to cover a little more. Oh, we're totally doing live. it. Yeah, we're totally yeah. doing it. Yeah, that's like too big of a deal, right? That's going to be yeah. that's going to be insane. There's no shot. We don't. Um. So, yeah. So we love hearing from you guys. Send us feedback. Send us your thoughts. We'll stick it in the rumor requirement. If you have requests, you can send them to us in whatever modality you prefer. But request the timeline is now a page on the website, the link to which you can find in all of the social medias and in the episode description. So send us your thoughts, send us your feedback. Tell us if you want to pull out the temp pad and make a request, we'd be happy to cover it. Um, all of that having taken place in the room requirement, we do still have ratings to do before we get out of this movie. It's true. Um, Scott, why don't you go first? Cause yeah. you're the mystery rating. Who didn't I have the mystery notes. rating. I, <laughs> I'm actually going to have to give this, a six i can't even do like a point one or like a 6.5 or whatever this just there's so much wrong with this movie to me um i don't i don't hate it i personally like 89 more than i like this one and i think the main reason that i like this one less is because at the end of the day when you watch this movie it does feel like there's just too much going on like there's we I have to focus on what happened with Selena, but then her story is really bad. But I also have to focus on what Shrek is doing. But then his story falls apart. Um, and then nothing happens like with Batman. He doesn't grow. He doesn't learn nothing. Whatever. That being said, <laughs> all of the nonsense with the Batmobile is fucking great, and I love that he turns the car into a turn a flamethrower. Um. <laughs> I love the scene where Penguin is driving the Batmobile and he's in one of those like 50 cent things you see outside of the grocery store. And it's just like a miniature version of the Batmobile and he's just going ape shit with it. Um, and I love Christopher Walken. I love Christopher Walken, dude. Like him in this movie is just, it's great. And also I realized that there isn't a single scene in this movie where he's not wearing uh, gloves. He always has gloves on. Hmm. 
Well, it is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie, but it's not a Christmas movie. Statement. Yeah, I'm not getting into this right now. That's like saying that the Goonies is, or uh, not the Goonies, that Hook is a Christmas movie. It's fucking. It's kind dumb. of an asinine debate to have about any movie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like I know that that's the you know it's the funny meme or whatever with Die Hard, but it is a bit asinine. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, villains is a little bit the same. I actually have to give everybody across the board an eight. Because for what they were given, they did a great job. I fully believe that Christopher Walken was this vile, greedy businessman. I totally believe the just absolute nefarious villainy of Danny DeVito. And Michelle Pfeiffer, I have some issues with like logistical things with her. Like why can just a regular needle from a sewing kit puncture the bat suit? Like that was kind of stupid to me, but also yeah. like she doesn't explain having gymnastics or fighting skills. And then all of a sudden she can just beat the shit out of Batman. So the story can happen. Uh, well, yeah. So the movie can happen. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but overall I did like it. It was, if you look at this as a, this is her just falling straight into evil. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I, I'm not fine with her story. I'm not fine with how it went, but like for the sake of being as watered down as possible, 99% water, 1% the vodka that you need to take this role uh, into like a, the, the realm of there's plot here. I, then I'm like, I'm fine with it, but I think it's terrible representation. I think it's such a dumb plot for her. It just, yeah. Um, and that's me. I went ahead and gave it a six five. I oh, good. I'm not, generous. I'm not that I far like, off. I like this one more than the original movie. I think it's more like even, even though I hated it. <laughs> like it's weird. It's like if I thought about it for more than five seconds, there was a lot to hate here. But on yeah. the surface, while I kind of like play a game on my iPad and like, I'm like, I liked this with like, I felt that Catwoman and Penguin were more interesting than like anything that was happening in yeah, 89. Yeah, absolutely. Batman was better in Batman 89, right? Yeah. Bruce was better. Like I, in all the, but I enjoyed his thing with Selena Kyle. I did. Like I, I don't know. Actually, it's, now that you're saying that, I kind of do like that. If, like yeah, I like him better in Batman. To watch. Yeah. There's more going on. He's better in Batman for sure. He's yeah. better in Batman. And the bat gets more screen time. He actually, I saw, um, I don't know why I didn't write this down or mention it earlier, but I did see somewhere that he has like the, of all the Batman movies, this one is the one where he has the least screen time. Or That's all so the insane. Like all the movies that Batman is in, this yeah. is the one with the least screen time. Like he's really not in it very much. So Batman himself was better in in 89 but like i have always enjoyed this one more like this is of the older movies up until batman and robin the one that i would have seen the most and like i find it the most visually interesting and i do like the penguin like i enjoy his his uh weird little like like his parents suck asshole yeah they do like they were like his little motivation and backstory like that was kind of interesting to me right yeah like all of these movies are so these like action movies like are just not yeah to be fair it's it's been a while since we've had a legitimate action movie that Lindsay was 
kind of like happy with it at all. Happy it's with, just, yeah. It's just not my genre. That doesn't make it bad. That's why I still give it the six five. It's not like a five will go yeah. to West rating. We're not in like the threes. Oh my god, yeah. But which I don't remember what we gave that, but I hope it was a it three. It needs to be a three. I, I think that we may have been overly generous in, at the time, but uh, but no, I it's like I do like this, even though critically I have a lot of issues with it. Um, I did like this movie. I just am looking forward to like a little bit more color, a little bit more like I'm hoping that like the Schumacher movies like make more like I was I was felt like Batman and Robin made sense to me. Where I was like, I understand what's going on. Like in a lot of these, even the newer Batmans, I'm like, what is the plan? I don't follow. (laughs) Like it's a little bit like these spy thriller things just aren't really my bag. You know, it's not my game. I it doesn't make it bad. That's it's kind of a me problem. Um, so like I liked it. It's just like you know, it was a little bit is a little bit long for only being two hours, which is not great. It was a little dark. Yeah, uh, visually, it wasn't very interesting to look at. For the most part, everything was very gray and black. Um, yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to like Poison Ivy and, you know. That's two movies off. I know. But, it, you know, the Joker, or sorry, the Riddler has color. Oh, like yeah. Joker was good in the first one for that. Also, Drew Barrymore is in that movie. I know. That's so weird. Anyway, um, Matt, what'd you give this? Um, Originally, I gave it a 7.5 and living with it for like tw- uh, 12 hours. I'm going to move it down to a 7. Um, mostly because the seven five, I was like, "Yeah, fucking Batman," and now I'm like, okay. <laughs> "Let's let's let's think a little bit more objectively." Where it's not midnight, and I'm fucking tired. Um, <laughs> let's um, down. <laughs> so this the storytelling was definitely off. It's it's not. Let's be honest; it's not great. Um, kind of what I mentioned earlier, the, the villains once again stole the show in a Batman movie, which is, you know, kind of what you want. Yeah. It happens in every Batman movie. just is what it is. Um, there is a villain problem with Batman. Uh, he is much less compelling than his villains are, at least when it comes to the screen, even in Batman versus Superman, Superman, I felt was much more of an interesting character than Batman was. Um, we didn't really get to see a lot of the stuff I like to see in Batman. So we don't get to see, like his detective side, his mastery over his body and fighting styles, his tech does shine a little bit here, but it's just not a Batman story. And, you know, Michael Keaton, I mean, he is, he is Batman for many people, but he just looks like a schlub. Like he doesn't look like, yeah, as, as really defined himself, his whole life behind Batman. It looks like, Yo, I guess I'll just do this thing where at night where I'll just dress up like a weirdo and go bite people on roofs. Damn right. Like he's neither like Michael Keaton is neither bulked up nor that sexy. Right. Like I'm not saying he's a bad looking guy, but like he's not Clooney and he's not like Batfleck who like was already sexy. Oh but was like, I'm going to come jacked for this. Like they yeah. gave him the suit and he's flipping tires and shit. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. His workout videos for Batfleck were fucking nuts yeah keaton brings none of this to the screen so it is extremely enjoyable i i grew up watching this movie uh so it's a little nostalgia for me um it does i think do a really good job sucking you into like the batman gothic noir world that tim burton i think does a really great job creating for the viewer i like the very gothic grays and blacks uh, of this universe. So I'm going to hit you with a seven out of 10. 
Um, and then should I do my villains rating yes, now please. too? I do want to um, say before you do that too, I find it interesting that uh, of the three Batman movies we've covered, this is the first time that we haven't had a whole section to talk about Gotham. So while I agree it looked cool, I think it was underwhelming because we. You didn't know what really it is. It. I think the reason we don't is this is just a continuation of Gotham from '89. There yeah, really is no difference. True. And got, we just get scenes where Gotham was like front and center and felt cool, but for the most part, it was like not as yeah. it's just another like part of the city we saw in '89. It's not like yeah. now we're in Chicago or now we're in like this neo or this like neon sign world, which we're about to get with Batman Forever. Fucking hell, dude, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, I do, I do think this one, as far as like Gotham goes, I do think this one takes a lot more from New York than any of the other films kind of have because that whole thing is absolutely um rockefeller center that whole area where everything happens is absolutely rockefeller center um and since we are talking about it just a little final fun fact before we get out of here um this was the largest set ever built for wb uh 50 of wb's entire lot was taken up for this movie that doesn't surprise me at all yeah and most of the lot. sets were mobile. They were moved around constantly for other films. Yep. It's a big lot. Mm-hmm. I was actually just there a couple of months ago. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my villain ratings. So I'm going to give the Penguin. Uh, I hit him hard with a 9 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Um, he Cat does make Woman, this movie. He does. And that's the thing. Is he's, it's such a great portrayal of the Penguin. Um, Catwoman. I was very whelmed. I'm going to hit her with a 6 out of 10. I'm also Wait, you were what? I was very whelmed. Whelmed. Okay. That's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <okay. laughs> really good. Okay. Um, also, Shrek, I was very whelmed with him as well. I'm going to hit him with the 6 out of 10 as I well. I just love Christopher Walken, man. Um, and then the Penguins. I'm, the Penguins are going to hit you with the 20 out of 10. Oh, absolutely, dude. Awesome. Absolutely. The Penguins slayed it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I respect all of that. I, I sort of am just generally sticking my villain rating at a six and a half. I enjoyed this movie more than the last one because of these villains. I don't know if that's fucked up. Like, I really like the Penguin in this better than the Joker in the first one. I, I, I think that's how I feel. And I think that's kind of fucked up. I think it's because you can see more villainy in him. The Joker is just chaos. But this was like a plot and a plan. And you could follow it a little bit easier. Yeah, I like that, don't I? Yeah. I like when something makes a little bit of sense. It's very linear. Yeah. I think we're, you know, I'm learning a lot about myself by doing this podcast. Mm. From like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was like fine. I think there's a lot better Batman to come, but I still kind of enjoyed this. But it's not one that I would have put on willingly, right? Like I willingly, I wouldn't have put. I I probably wouldn't watch this again otherwise. Like it's yeah. not the Batman movie I would put on if I was going to put on a Batman movie. So, um, I don't know. The Batman stuff is just so hard for me to follow. I, I just I don't know, guys. I watch I watch Schumacher to like simplify. I was gonna say, dude. Movie. I I feel like, like the Schumacher. Schumacher movies were made for you. I think that's we're gonna come into I, the Schumacher movies. Like colorful and, and it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then Schwarzenegger's here, and it's like, yeah, what's not to like? Like, there's like Alicia Silverstone's gonna be there. If I don't like her, like watching it now, you won't. Really I'm telling you right now, you won't. Yeah, you won't. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> I did promise you guys we're going to mention some D23 stuff. So 
going to give you a quick yeah, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of everything that we got announced the last couple of days. We got Inside Out 2 announced. Uh, we got a brand new trailer for Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, on the Marvel side of things, we got brand new footage for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We got full announcements for Ironheart. We got a couple pieces of footage for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We got a full trailer for Werewolf, Werewolf by Night, Marvel's first official uh, Halloween special. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks sick as fuck, dude. Um, we got a full trailer for Secret Invasion, which is the number one thing I'm oh, most oh. excited for. Also awesome as fuck. We got casting announcements for Loki and Fantastic Four, uh, Loki Season 2. Uh, there was a teaser trailer shown, but we haven't been allowed to see it yet. If you were there, awesome. Um, and it does promise, I believe he was like, it promises you more mischief or whatever the fuck he said. Uh, Fantastic Four confirmed that they're the uh, WandaVision director, Matt Shackman, will be the director for Fantastic Four. Uh, awesome. We confirmed that Vincent D'Onofrio will be back as Kingpin and Echo. We got the full uh, information for Daredevil Born Again and that he will he is confirmed to reappear in She-Hulk first, but no new footage was shown. Uh, we did confirm, and this is the only, this was the most exciting thing for me. We did confirm that Captain America New World Order's villain is Tim Black Nelson as Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. the leader, who we have not seen since the Incredible Hulk movie in 2009. So that's really exciting. That means that he's definitely going to be showing up at some point in She-Hulk. I'm calling it right now. You guys can say I'm wrong. I don't care. Um The last two exciting things were uh the Miss Marvel's footage was shown there was a trailer shown uh we don't know what it is it got shown this morning right before we started recording uh but we also got the full roster shown for thunderbolts yes which love it uh i'm fucking hyped i'm not too thrilled with a couple of people on here but uh i totally saw them coming the full breakdown is valentina allegra de fontaine uh red guardian ghost taskmaster john walker aka u.s agent yelena belova and the winter soldier and if anybody knows me they know that i'm not excited that taskmaster's back but it's just like a lot of kind of captain america bad guys I feel like. yeah i'm kind of like that's boring like why isn't there anybody isn't it yeah that's i think it's a little boring so i will say that because I, I, I read this right before we started recording. Baron Zemo is confirmed to return to Thunderbolts, yeah. probably as an antagonist, not a protagonist, um, because he hates super soldiers, and there's a whopping three, three of them, them on, on that team. team. Yeah. Um, Charlie Cox also mentioned that Daredevil Reborn Again will not be continuing Netflix's story. It'll actually be more of like a soft reboot. Yeah. So it'll be slightly different, but I'm assuming that what happened will be canon. It just won't be like reflected. It won't be mentioned and stuff. It'll just be like we move on from it. I would like to not for me, but for the the overall like success of that show in mind. Um, I would like for it not to require the audience to have seen the old show. Yeah, and I think that's what they want. I know a lot of people didn't want them. Like I know that it's good. I've seen most of the first season. I was distracted. I didn't quite get into it and I never picked it back up. And, uh, but I just, I know there's a lot of people who were like, look, if Kevin Feige doesn't care, neither do I. There's too many of these movies to keep up with already. I think asking for people to go back to that is asking for failure. So I'm glad that's not what they're doing with the overall success of the new show in mind. 
Um, Lindsay, if you go back and watch that, I will go back and watch it with you because I fucking love it. Oh my god, that show is is it's incredible. So, Second it, season it, is it one of the coined, greatest moments in television history. It coined the term hallway scene. Yep. <laughs> Twice, it actually. Whole, Did it? I thought whole, that was Star Wars. Okay. No, no, that's it came from Daredevil. I coined a whole new term uh for cinematic movies or cinematic movies for movies in general. But what about um, Inception? It's it's it? not as infamous. It has a hallway scene. Well, yeah, but, but it's, it's not as, that's because of the it, technology that was used. That's not because yeah, that's of what you see. That's fucking sick. Yeah. Anyway, that's did we I uh was done. distracted for a moment in the beginning. We discussed the mermaid trailer, yes? Did you We did. That? Actually, okay, I did not mention that. I apologize. We okay, did skip I'm that. Like, the dopest thing to come out of uh, D23. <laughs> no, that that looked good, though, right? It did look really good. Oh, yeah. And Mufasa. Oh, yeah. And oh, Mufasa, yeah. And Mufasa, the which... Cool spinning house. Fucking hilarious. I'm pretty sure I called that <laughs> like three months ago. There's a few interesting new Disney and Pixar movies that were announced other than, other than those kind of live action ones and Inside yeah. Out 2. There were a couple, like, just new property things that were announced. Um, that sound really cool from Pixar and Disney Animation Studios. So, yeah. looking forward to new Disney Animation always, right? Oh, absolutely. I think while we were recording this, I looked at the Disney Parks Instagram. Oh, yeah. Page. They just announced that in California Adventure, um, the wharf will be remodeled to look like new San Fran Tokyo. San Francisco. From, yeah, from Sick. Big Hero 6. And then the Avengers campus is getting a new ride where it's a totally new variant of Thanos and it's King Thanos. And in the, the concept artwork, it has uh, an element of every version of the MCU. So they have um, obviously mainstay MCU characters like Captain America, but they also have Steve Rogers with Sam Wilson, both as Captain America next to each other. They've got, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and the animated Spider-Man next to each other. But they also have Steve Rogers in his Iron Man suit from What If. They also have um, a lot of characters that we haven't seen interact with each other. So it reminds me a lot of of the multiverse event that they had a few years ago. Um, But Thanos is like grizzled. He's got a beard. He's got this giant spiky crown. It looks really freaking cool. So I'm excited. This is so sick. I love what they're doing with the multiverse concept. I say this all the time. I'll continue to say it. It's Mm -hmm. so smart. It's like, it just lets you not be limited. It's like, just train everybody to understand that this is real. And like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. That's what I want out of of this stuff. Thanks. Arrowverse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, and, Oh God. Yeah. The Arrowverse really did normalize this in pop culture. Um, And I just, I just love it. I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very cool. So yeah, D23 is happening. D23 is awesome. The Emmys are happening tomorrow night for True when story. this is being recorded. So we will likely um, talk about the Emmys a little bit when we record our next episode, which will be Aladdin next week. So yeah, I get stoked. It's going to be another long episode. <laughs> I'll go ahead and take us out of here. Thank you, Matt, for for coming in again today for this. I really appreciate every time you can come in and give me more info on comic stuff that I don't know. Of course. Happy to be here. Thank you. I know you are. You better be. Um, Yeah, as always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something. Please be sure to join us next week for Aladdin. 
I finally get to talk about my sequels. Oh my uh, God, yes. Be sure. Start working on that soon. <laughs> I know. I, I, I got to do that tonight. Uh, a lot of viewing. I know. There's quite one, two, three. There's three. Yeah. Uh, anyway, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social medias. You can find the links to our sites and social medias in the up episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast, we do encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can catch our special quiz show, Rewind the Timeline. Make sure to check out the websites for all the timeline goodies, including our new feature, Request the Timeline, as Lindsay had just stated earlier. Uh, let us know what you'd like to see, and we'll make it happen. But until next time, guys, stay nerdy.